I hope you've been with me through each of the sessions that we've done on light versus darkness, the power of God and the glory of God versus the, the reign of Satan and what he wants to do, how he wants to mess up every single person's life. And as we look at this study, the final point is so much fun, so enjoyable for me. You see, it started with pre-creation, and then we go to the cross. What a highlight at the cross. Darkness over all the earth, but let me tell you, there was a glorious victory that was coming. And this final point, wow, it's so amazing to see what God has planned. So join me now as we look at the final session, the light, the glory of God versus darkness, the rain, and the power of Satan. Incredible thing. Hey, guess what? There's another point of darkness. You see, here's Jesus, and he dies in darkness. At the, at the brightest time of the day, God the Father douses out the lights and just says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Only one time he refers to, to his Father as God, it's here. The weight, the weight of all the sin of every man and woman is on Jesus. No one else could take it. And so you, you look, every place in the gospel, he says, my father, my father, my father, my father. But when he's bearing my sin, my hideous sin, the sin from Adam all the way future, every sin, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I know the answer. My sin was so hideous that it broke a perfect union between God the Father and God the Son. Never before in eternity past, never again in eternity will there be a broken fellowship between God the Father and God the Son, but it occurred on the cross. Why? My sin was that hideous. And so God brings the attention of all the world. He has darkness so dark you could feel it. As it say, look, an ultimate sacrifice is coming. Now, that was about 30 A.D., wasn't it? And God's not done calling attention to points of darkness. Go with me now to Matthew chapter 24 in your Bible, and you'll see an incredible statement that's made. Matthew chapter 24. On five or six occasions, we've... We looked at this marvelous chapter. Matthew 24, verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I think that Matthew 24 is a tribulation text. I think what you see in, in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, I compare them to Revelation chapter 6, and every point, verse by verse, I can show you that the first Part of the, the first four seals of the tribulation time in Revelation 6 are exactly what we find in Matthew 24. He says, that's the beginning of sorrows. You come to Matthew 24, verse 15. It talks about the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Daniel said that would occur in the middle of the tribulation. So chapter 24, verse 8, the beginning of the tribulation. Chapter 24, verse 15, the middle of the tribulation, when the Antichrist comes to power, wants you to be branded with his mark. Matthew 24, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation. You see why I call that the tribulation chapter? And so here's what he says. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, 
The moon shall not give its light. The stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. This morning in, in our worship meeting, I was talking about the fact that we see earthquakes. Can you imagine? This is going to be a heaven quake. Yeah, the earth is going to shake and the heavens are going to shake. My friend, do you know how afraid people get when the earth quakes? Wait till the heaven quakes. Okay, so he douses out all the lights in the universe. The sun's gone. The star, the moon's gone. The, the stars are disoriented. Can't, can't you see this busy world? All of a sudden, they say, okay, who turned out the lights? This last week, we had power outage in one of our buildings at school. Pandemonium. Yeah. Some were cheers of fright. Some were cheers of glee. The cheers of glee were the grade school kids. They got out of school. The lights went out in the kitchen. No food, no kids. Child care finally got out. Guess who's the, the, the tones of woe were? Junior high and senior high say, oh, whoa, we, got it. we might have to walk through the dark hallway. Oh, you big baby, go for it. Yeah, they had to go to school. Listen, the lights are out. You want to know why? Because God's going to call special attention to something again. Look what it says now. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. My friend, just as at the cross, he doused out all the lights, he's going to douse him out again. The last time the, the earth saw Jesus, he was on the cross, he was in darkness. And we know what happened. They took him from the cross, they put him in a tomb, and death could not hold him. He had power over death. You may not say amen, but I say amen. I mean, a dead person put in a tomb, and he comes out of the tomb, he's alive. That's power. The devil doesn't have that. He want, he's going to fake it. In Revelation 13, he fakes death and fakes resurrection. He wants to be like Jesus so much, he fakes it. The devil doesn't have an original thought. He's a faker, a phony. He's a bum. And he's, he knows on the cross he's going to be crushed. And so Jesus, he's on the cross. He dies. The world sees him in darkness. They think he's in a tomb. You know what? He rose from the dead. Show me anyone that has that kind of power. I mean, if they do, get in the hospital. Go to the graveyard. Do your business. My God, Jesus Christ, has power over death. They buried him. They put a guard there. It didn't, they put a stone there. They, they put the seat of the king. They put a stone. They had military there. Science, politics, religion couldn't hold him in the grave. The stone was rolled away. Jesus rose from the dead. People saw him. Even the enemies, they saw him. You see, the world says, the last time we saw him, he was dying in darkness. He was crying for his life. No, he was crying to my God to forgive my sins. You know what he said on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. While he's still nailed to the cross, while, while blood is dripping from him, he's forgiving the people that treated him that way. My friend, he'll forgive you. But you've got to say, Lord Jesus, I take you as my payment for my sin. And so now... The, the world thinks he's gone. Oh, no. It's totally black. 
The, the, the sun is darkened. The moon's darkened. The stars fall. The heavens have a heaven quake. And out of that comes Jesus in power and great glory. My friend, you go to the end of the tribulation, you are going to be in for the shock of your life. Because you see, this is the rapture right here. After the rapture, there's, there's going to be seven years of torment on the earth. 21 judgments. So bad that by the time you get through the first of them, the seals, men are going to the mountain saying, follow me, crush me. I, I don't want to live any longer. That's how scary it's going to be. You think a, a COVID pandemic is something, you wait till you get to this thing. It'll be the Delta variation, the Lambda variation, and they'll go through another Greek alphabet. They'll find a way to jab you, poke you. They're going to put you into, you're going to be conformed into the image of the devil if you don't come be conformed into the image of Christ. And after, after these 21 judgments, and one of them alone, a fourth of all the world dies. Now we have approaching 8 billion people. 2 billion die in one funeral. Boom. I think they're the lucky ones because the others live on. And next there'll be a judgment and a third of those will die out of burning up. Yeah. So we're down to about half the population. Death will reign. 21 judgments. You get to the middle. Now the Antichrist comes and he says, hey, I, I can fix this. But you got to take a mark. You know, j just vote for me. And when you take that mark, and we've talked about all kinds of possibilities for the mark. I, I can't get off on that, but boy, I'd like to because some things that happened this week. You know what? You will not be able to be neutral. <laughs> the Bible says this, that during that period of time, the pressure will be so great. The powers of Satan will be so incredible that if it were possible, even the elect would not make it through. Thank God it's not possible. You want to know why? Because those of us that know Christ, we're out of here. It's called the rapture of the church. My friend, when, when the rapture occurs, you come. I carry my billfold in my left pocket. You can take every bit of it. Go in that house, eat all the food you want. Even the cookies I've got hidden from my wife. Yeah. You can have my diet, Dr. Pepper. I mean, take whatever you want. Drive my car. But you better do it quick because you want to know something. Things are going to get really bad for those seven years. And, and in the middle, the, the Antichrist tries to come and he tries to, to bring about some program. Already. No, it gets worse. The first is called the tribulation. The next is called the great tribulation. And at the end, it looks like the devil's going to take everything back in his power. He's going to have victory. He brings the forces against Israel. It says the whole world gathers against Israel, against Jerusalem, to take it. Now listen to this. And in the nick of time, God turns out the lights. The sun's gone. The moon's gone. The stars are gone. It's totally black, and all of a sudden, this world that's looking all around saying, what is going on? They're going to see someone coming in power and great glory. You know who that is? It's Jesus, and he's going to come back to the battle of Armageddon. He, the Bible says, Zechariah, he's going to put his feet on the Mount of Olives. The very place he took off from, the Bible said he'll come back in the same place. He'll split it in two. He'll bust open the East Gate. The East Gate is such a controversial place at this hour. He'll march in there. He'll establish the glory of God. You see, it departed. In the Old Testament, Israel was so vain that they brought idols into the temple. 
They put him in the Holy of Holies. Can, can you imagine anyone that would do that? God says, you know what? If you want the idols, I'll leave the Holy of Holies. And, and then they brought, they brought them to the regular part of the temple. God says, okay, if you want that, you can have the Holy of Holies. You can have this. I'll move my glory out. And they brought it to the outside of the court. And finally God said, if you want the whole thing for man's glory, go ahead. And so it says that the Spirit of God went from the Mount of Olives, crossed the Kidron Valley, arose and departed from the Mount of Olives. And when Jesus comes back on that day, he's going to bring the glory of God back. He's going to bust open the mountain. He's going to walk into there. He's going to establish the glory of God again. You know what he does next? It says he goes to the Battle of Armageddon. And there, with the brightness of his coming, <laughs> you think you can look God in the face? He is so bright, his glory will, will you know, it'll, it'll, it'll defeat the Antichrist. The brightness of his glory. And guess what? There's people following him. They're, they're cowboys. They're riding on horses. Yeah. Do I look like a fighter? Come on. Just. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Man, you're good. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. I'm going to be a cheerleader. Because Jesus will defeat the Antichrist. With the brightness of his coming. His, his glory is going to be unveiled. Can you see, you know what? I think this is the greatest sign of the coming of Christ. Every light in heaven doused. Millions of stars darkened. Our little sun darkened. Can you imagine the fear? And then they see the power of God coming. Oh, my friend, trouble is it'll be too late for you to repent at that time. You see... God has this total darkness for some very special reasons. 2 Thessalonians 2.8 And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy the brightness of his coming. Wow, I'm going to be there that day. And then I want to take you to another special incident. Revelation chapter 21. Go, go there with me in your Bible because it's just so wonderful to see that these things are, are straight from, from God's word. Revelation chapter 21. And the Bible talks about the fact that, that he says in verse 22, but I want to start just a little bit earlier. Verse 11, having the glory of God and her light was like the stone most precious, even like a jasper stone. It talks about there's going to be this, this marvelous city, a great city, a new city, a whole and when they come, it's not going to have a light. That's what's so strange about it. You see, in heaven, it says this, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb is the lamp thereof. So in heaven, there's going to be a, a huge city that's going to hold millions of people. Matter of fact, if you look at it, the Bible talks about it being 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. And it even gives another dimension. I don't understand the fourth dimension very well. I usually get hung up on three. I can do pretty good with three. And some people say it's a cube and some people say it's a pyramid. I don't know. I just know this. It's a huge city. And a huge city can be lit with one light. And it's the glory of God. 
Verse 23 says this. And the city had no need of a sun, neither of the moon, to shine it, for the glory of God did light it, and the Lamb is the light of it. Jesus is going to be that light. Listen, I, I, our time is gone. Can I give you just a quick summary? Here's, here's what we've seen in these, these unique darknesses and this unique light. First of all, the penalty of sin is paid in full. Every curse that was put on the earth, Jesus bore it on the cross physically and spiritually. Next, the curse is reversed. We're not just out of the curse. We're righteous. We're made in the family of God. I'm the bride of Christ. I'm going to be a priest and a king in heaven. Now, I can't even run a school. And even my cat doesn't obey me. But in heaven, I'm going to be a priest and a king. I'm going to be something special. And so are you. Yeah. Next. So the curse is reversed. The substitution principle. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Guys, there's nothing you can do to merit the favor of God. Nothing. Now, Igor, you're pretty good. But you're just not good enough. Yeah, Marcus, you're better. Just a little bit. But you're not better enough. But Jesus is good enough for all of us. It's only through Jesus that we have it. And so Adam, his sin nature was passed on to all of us. And when Jesus died on the cross, his forgiveness can be passed on to all of us. The substitution principle. The devil's plan for dominion. The devil's a slow learner, folks. You talk about somebody who needs special classes. The devil's one of them. Okay? His plan for dominion is going to be crushed. God's spectacular plan for coming back. Listen, my friend, let me tell you this. Have, have any of you been mocked for uh, saying I'm a Christian? Any of you get in trouble for believing that, that the rapture is going to occur? Yeah, a couple of us. Yeah, that's okay. Because let me tell you, when the lights go out again and Jesus comes back and they look at me riding a horse right behind you, they're going to say, that's where that crazy guy went. I'm going to say, Yahoo! Uh, we're going to round up the devil's forces. And then everything the devil does, God trumps him. What a God. I, I'm so glad he's my Savior. Here's what Jude says. And the angels who kept not their first estate, left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Those angels have been in darkness for, for 6,000 plus years. Revelation 16.10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness. And they gnawed their tongues for pain. You know what? The darkness is going to be so acute during some of the, the tribulation, those 21 judgments, that people are going to gnaw their tongue because of the pain from darkness. Wow. Matthew 22.13. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot. Take him away, cast him into outer darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing. You want to know something? In darkness, you'll want light. And Jesus is the light of the world. And Jesus won't be there. I, matter of fact, I had a kid at camp one time. And uh, I was there. He was there working on staff. He wasn't a believer. And, and so I'd, I'd say, man, you know what? I, I, hope, I hope you come to Christ. And he said, I'm not. And he spit. He, he was really good at spitting. I don't know. I said, okay. And so one day, second week, he said, he said, I'll sure be glad when camp's over and you won't be able to bother me again about whether I'm saved or not. 
I said, you know what? At the end of this week, we probably won't see each other again. And I promise this, in hell, I won't be there to ask you to ever receive Christ. Spit twice. Yeah, about a month or so after camp, I got a letter from him. He said, you know what? I changed my mind. Yeah, thank God. I was with Jeff. We were riding up on an escalator. And he turned, we were talking, and Jeff's always handing out tracks. He turned to a guy and said, hey, he said, read this little book that will tell you how that you can have salvation in Christ. And the guy said, all right, all right, all right. Jeff said, okay, if you don't want it. But he says, when you fall into hell, you wish you'd read it. I'm not that bold. We got to the top of the escalator, turned to the guy, and the guy took the track, and he said, thank you. You know what? Sometimes we need to let people know it's going to be horrible. Outer darkness. There'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Second Peter four or chapter two. If God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. These are wells without water. Clouds are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. Uh, folks, this is serious. So here's what he does for us. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. That's me. I've been translated. I, I've been moved from, from the power of darkness under Adam to the kingdom of his dear son, Jesus Christ. Ephesians, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers. Of Folks, our battle is not just with people. Our battle is with the forces of hell. But he gives us an armor for it. Look at this. Jesus is the light. John 1, 3 through 12. It introduces Jesus as the light of the world. And I think it's in verse 4 or 5. It says, And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness overcame it not. Listen, my friend. There's eternal light or there's eternal darkness. There's heaven, there's hell. And today you choose. Satan, Satan's plan to destroy mankind by introducing sin in the garden, has been defeated by Jesus Christ on the cross. Every part of that has been reversed, and you can be put into the greatest position. But you choose. Will it be heaven or will it be hell? I wish I could choose for you, but I can't. But today, I ask you this, are you ready? Have you ever admitted to God, I am a sinner? Don't start naming your good points. Yeah, there's two spelling tests the whole year I didn't cheat on, so I'm pretty good. Yeah, I only cuss under my breath. I only get, commit immorality in my mind. No, no. One sin, even a piece of fruit, offends a holy God. Admit you're a sinner. Number two, admit that Jesus had no sin, but when he died on the cross, he died for you. He rose again. He shed his blood. That's the gospel, folks. He didn't just die. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He shed his blood. And next, say, Lord Jesus, I take you. Because when you take him in that instant, you're ready for whatever comes. It's the rapture, praise God. If it's death, that's okay, praise God. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Let me ask you this, are you ready? Because I think time is short. Jesus is coming. Thank you for watching this entire session on the light versus the darkness. Listen to what John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 4 through 9 says. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness overcame it not. Isn't that wonderful to know? 
that with all Satan's tricks and all of his power, it's nothing compared to the power in the light of Jesus Christ. The Bible goes on to say this, there was a man sent from God, his name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And we've discovered that that light is Jesus. You know, another great story is John's Gospel, chapter 9. And there's a man who was born blind. And remember, they say, well, did he sin or did his parents sin? And the answer was, it was for the glory of God. And remember that, that Jesus gave him sight. How incredible. Someone born blind that God could give sight to. And the real truth is this. Every one of us have been born blind, spiritually blind. And it's only Jesus that can give us light, spiritual light. And that's what this whole series has been about. You see, we've been born spiritually blind. And Jesus comes along and he gives us spiritual light. Wouldn't it be something if Jesus went to the hometown of that man who was born blind and the man refused to come to Jesus, who's the only one that could give him sight? And sometimes I feel that way when I see people that are born spiritually blind. And why do they refuse to come to Jesus Christ? Because he is the light of the world. His light overcame all darkness. In the darkness on the cross, he bore my sins, he bore your sins. He wants to give us spiritual light. I hope you'll come to him if you never have. Remember, we encourage you to admit to God you're a sinner. He knows it. But sometimes by admitting to God, then you understand, okay, we both agree I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. Next, to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was a substitute for me, for you. I deserve to die. Jesus didn't, but Jesus died so that I could have eternal life. And you can have eternal life. Acknowledge that he is that source of life. And then finally, to accept him. The blind man in John 9, he accepted sight that Jesus gave him. My friend today, would you accept spiritual life and light that only Jesus can give? I hope you will, because there's a struggle going on. God versus the devil and Jesus Christ and God will win. I want you to be a winner. I want you to receive Christ and be on your way to heaven, saved and enjoying what God has in store for you. Thank you for watching this series with me. Father, we come to you and I thank you for the light that we have in Jesus Christ. He really is the light of the world. And Father, thank you for giving that light to us so that we could have eternal life. Father, I pray that we might live in light of the fact that the devil's been defeated and Jesus is the victor, that Jesus gives us eternal life and the devil can only wish that he could claim us for his eternal destruction. Father, thank you for what we have in Christ. We pray that there will be many today who will say, yes, I accept Christ as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.